If you enjoy this episode of Obscure Obsessions, please remember to rate us, review us, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Nick Zaccario. And I'm Taylor Zaccario. And on this episode of Obscure Obsessions 2. They all have number two in it, even though they don't have number two in it. Are you making a duty joke? Ew, Megan. Megan. What's your favorite alien movie? I don't have one. She has to do research oh now. Research your favorite alien movie, <laughs> your, your majesty. What about... You don't need to raise your hand, man. This isn't school. <laughs> you buy me a drink and find out, and you go... <laughs> and now, here are your hosts. What did you think of our, uh, our of our meal at uh, California Grill? It was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a little bit more over the top than Be Our Guest. How, what? <laughs> okay. Well, you'll be glad. You, wait, but first, how is a meal over the top? Yeah, what, 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 what do you mean by over the top? Being very foo-foo because of... But, but Be Our Guest, isn't that like a... a... Well, like, isn't that's a themed restaurant. Yeah. What, California Grill is an actual restaurant. Like One's like you get a sandwich at. It's a place that you... I, I really liked that. I, I had uh, sushi. The number one place I think I tried uh, was also at the Contemporary Steakhouse 71. Oh, I saw that. It was real good. Yeah, but we were all there at Strange... During this Intervals. whole bizarre experience. Right. How was Limbo, by the way? Yeah. What What, what did you think about Rasputin? In what episode did I banish her? Was it the New Year's episode? I think it was the New Year's episode. Well, you'll be glad to know, Nick, Gillis, uh, that <laughs> when I first encountered Megan, her iPhone case had sprouted a horn. Ew. And that if you went to grab it, you would get a nasty slash. <laughs> Thank you very much. And Megan fortunately had a replacement one, but she was almost. Separate. Oh, so when she went to hug you and you had she had the phone in her hand, you got stabbed <laughs> yeah, in the back. I, I felt the sharp pain in my carotid artery, <laughs> and it was Megan's iPhone case. It was uh, her iPhone case slicing you in the jugular. Isn't that true? Megan is tech. That Megan's is been true. Off- Wouldn't you agree, Simba? Megan has been uh, off the show uh, for uh, how many months now? Six or seven? Six months. <laughs> And uh, right now she's back and she is texting. She's actually less interested in her return, the tri- making her triumphant return to the Obscure Obsessions to podcast. To sit on the couch and do nothing. <laughs> well, I thought that's what I was supposed to do is to just listen and... Man, you're the head of the research department. When we don't know something, do you know yeah. how hard it was that we had to go and yeah. look when for we had to look up who oh, boo- played... Oh, boo-hoo. When we had to look up who played the kid and, honey, I blew up the kid, we had to do it ourselves. Oh, boo-hoo. That was tough. Yeah, where the hell have you been, by the way? <laughs> Working in Disney. Oh, yeah, on her vacation. I mean, work. Uh, she, uh, I mean, limbo. I mean, work. You, you, you missed a lot. I was working at Captain Cook's. Thank you very much. You, you missed a lot. She wears that with, like, a real uh, badge of honor. You think she, yeah. I mean, I, hey, I saw her. She, she got me my lunch pretty quick. That's good. good and you were that worried you that I poisoned it. What because was it? A, um... You ordered a pork sandwich with fries. You asked me if I made it. I said, no, I didn't. You go, oh, thank God, because I don't want to touch See, those are the pithy anecdotes we've been missing this whole time. Right. Well, and you go, oh, thank God. This season, Megan, you have missed. <laughs> Let's go through You've missed the season. you missed Die Hard 2, we talked about. Uh, well, I don't know anything about it because I've never seen it. Lost World Jurassic Park, which is... Jurassic Park 2. You missed... Honey, all, I Blew Up the Kid. The entirety of the Scooby-Doo franchise. Yeah, you missed all the weird sequels and, and follow-ups. You missed Honey, I Blew Up the Kids 2, otherwise <laughs> known as Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. You missed, you missed Magic in the Water. Right, which is, I mean, shame on you. Yeah, you missed... Uh, 
What other movies did we talk about this scene? Rockadoodle. Rockadoodle. Didn't you guys discuss Andre or no? We did discuss Dude, Andre did. in an episode. Oh, and, and Free Willy 2. Yeah, Free Willy 2. In an episode called Free Andre Checks, Checks In. in. We, talked, we talked again about Dunstan Checks In. The only podcast on the internet talking about Dunstan Checks In in more than one episode. This episode included. Now, now Megan, okay, well, here's, here's a key question. Pivotal question. Die Hard 2. Jurassic Park 2. Honey, I Blew Up the Kids 2, Free Willy 2. Two. What do they all have in common? They're all sequels. And more specifically? They're not very good. <sighs> what do all those <laughs> titles I just said to you have in common? What's the connecting theme here? What's the connecting... They all have number two in it, even though they don't have number two in it. Are you making a duty joke? Ew, Megan. Megan, you have a filthy mouth. Yeah. Yeah, they all had number two. And what's this season called, Megan, of our show? Obscure Obsessions 2. Good eye. Well, that was uh, painful. Jeez. And what we did... But not all of them have two in the name. Man, The Lost World? No. True, technically. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? No. Technically, yes. You're right. You're so right. But my point is, (laughs) is that we focused a lot this season on number twos. I thank you. I thank you. Did you discuss an extremely goofy movie? I don't remember. Uh, did we talk about that in the Disney's directed uh, video? We might have. Although, that was another. We talked about the oh, sequel. Right, sequels. And this season, what we did, man, very clever to no one other than myself, is we <laughs> had certain episodes which were sequels to previous episodes. So yeah. we did a sequel episode to uh, Jurassic, Park. Jurassic Park, to Batman uh, 66. And we even tried to put these episodes in the exact same slot, S-L-O-T, thank you, <laughs> that the previous, like our um, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid episode, this season came in the same slot as our Big Bully episode right. came last season. So we were having fun with the concept. Did you have fun with us? No. You know why? Because you were in limbo. <laughs> you were with uh, Bartok the Magnificent. I was with Mickey Mouse. Did you ever see Bartok the Magnificent, Megan? No. But let's let's also just point that yeah, out. Yeah, please. She wasn't with the person playing Mickey Mouse. She was with the actual Mickey Mouse. She was at a re- she was right. She was at a restaurant named after a famous explorer, mm. Captain Cook. Did you know that, Megan? Wait a minute. Not just a clever pun, Megan. You it's worked a real- at a restaurant. You didn't know the derivation of the restaurant's name. Why would I look into the restaurant's name? Wow. Maybe For someone who wore something with such pride, she's like, oh, I just work there. Maybe someone took 50,000 pictures of spoons. <laughs> I didn't take pictures of spoons. Well, maybe you figure out I that- restocked spoons, but I didn't take pictures. Again, do you hear how happy she is that she did this? Because Captain Cook was an explorer. He explored the Polynesian. Oh, I got to look this up The Polynesian now. Islands, and he... Do you think he's lying? And New Zealand. I actually and... think he is. No, Captain Cook. He was an actual person. An actual person. And the, they're, they're using it as a pun. I, I don't... I really... Why would I lie about you this? Mean, <laughs> you mean James Cook? Was he the explorer? Is he the a British, captain? The British... Oh, wait. Yeah, he was an explorer. He explored the Polynesian Islands. Luigi's that's, Rolekin. That's how we know the Polynesian Islands existed, because this guy... <laughs> Had nothing better else to do than, than to find Raratonga. Well, I used to think it had something to do with Peter Pan. Instead of Captain Hook, it was Captain... They're called... Actually, you know what? It's a multi-pun. Right. It's a pun on the explorer who explored the Polynesian Islands. It's a, it's a restaurant where you get things cooked. Cook and then Captain Cook. Hook. At any rate, 
all the sequels we talked about, I was thinking Die Hard 2 and, 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 and whatnot. I don't know that any of them I would say, although I think this season was better than our first season. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of sequels necessarily live up to the live up to the original or go beyond. Right. I think it's a it's a tough line to walk because much like we've discussed already, a second movie has to sort of walk a line where it does enough beats to pay homage to what came before it, but also try to still do something different. But very rarely does that ever successful. And and what we've Made. Oh, Jaws 2 is the other Jaws one. Jaws 2 is the other one. I should know I listened to it for about two hours. <laughs> what we've also kind of explored is that often the number two sequel is too much like the original mm-hmm. one. Or it feels too... Although I guess like we also said like with Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, that was like the reverse. It's the polar opposite. It's the polar opposite. But like Die Hard 2 was Jaws 2, uh, Hangover 2. I mean, what, are, what are some of your favorite number two sequels? If you had to pick one. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Okay. Not, not bad. Not a wrong answer. Not wrong. What else? Secret of Nim 2, Timmy to the Rescue. Toy Story 2. Okay. Now, there, there's an example where I would say it actually is better than the original one. <sighs> better? I don't know. I think the first one's the weakest of those, don't you? What about when you get, once you get up to the, the third movie? Well, the third one I, I like a lot, actually. Is that the one they get thrown into like a, a yeah? They're, they're almost they're almost burned alive. Yeah, I like that. And that one also came out around the time I was going to college, so oh, I was the yeah. same age as Andy. I, I never mean, really cared. For here's the first here Toy was Story. my hesitation though with saying two is better than one in yeah. Toy Story is that I think two helps expand the universe a little bit more. Yeah, I do like the introduction of Jesse. Yeah, and Bullseye. But I don't know. See, there those, is those are those non sequiturs we were missing. Yeah, that's true. Go ahead, please. But I do still think I've seen one probably more than two. Interesting. I, I, I didn't see that until I was 25. You didn't see the first one? Because wow. when that came out, I was afraid of that movie. Because it was... That weird... Things coming alive. Yeah. What else? So no. you must have been terrified of small soldiers on the first time you saw that movie. I, I, haven't, I saw it when I was maybe 30. You didn't watch <laughs> Small Soldiers growing which up? Which is like in four years from now. Right. <laughs> uh, what, what other number twos do you like, Megan? I do like Free Willy, too. Okay. And if you go to our blog, obscureobsessions.blogspot.com, I have a whole little uh, mini capsule review of, which I think we talked about. But yeah, that one, I still like one. One is for sure the best. Two, actually, if you were to remove it as a Free Willy movie and have it been about a porpoise and not. Okay. I think it it would be higher up. Right. Even though, because that one, there's still. Yeah, because, you know, like, that was also in a period where with kids movies specifically if they had ones where it was an older kid and a younger kid and you had one really annoying kid because you have uh francis capra elvis is annoying i remember what they're trying to do is to connect jesse's familial struggles with with, willie with willie because willie has a sister or something uh okay what other twos do you like scooby-doo two monsters unleashed okay all right what else because i was trying to think of sequels that are actually better than the original and it, it happens right it's not an extensive list i would say well jingle all the way too which i just opened my phone because we were talking about that at dinner tonight I, I want everyone to know that these conversations happen off the mic too right like, well, we literally spent a good chunk of time at dinner talking about jingle all the way too this doesn't count as sequel i don't think but how about the no i would say 
of the Alvin the Chipmunks, the double feature, oh. the Meet Frankenstein, Meet the Wolfman, do you consider that a sequel well, or no? Well, maybe a spiritual uh, spin-off? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know for sure I that know, I agree with we that. We have to ask Anthony because I haven't really. Uh, He's our Alvin and the Chipmunks expert. Yeah, I haven't really seen that one that much. Oh, but. I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. When you were talking about sequels and like kind of following the the original, mm-hmm. where would you put Airbud into that mix? Because Airbud, the Airbud front. If I'm being totally honest. Well, no. Well, just because the Airbud franchise, the five movies, they kind they all kind Is of follow the first. Is there one of them where? They're kidnapped by like a Cruella Deville type, or am I thinking that's Beethoven? You're thinking Beethoven. Okay. Well, but with those, aren't they just switching out the sports yeah. for another thing? Usually, like Angels in the Elf, uh, End Zone. Right. Okay. What do you think? Oh, Inspector Gadget too. I liked better than the first Inspector Gadget. Interesting, because I actually rewatched those, and technically, Inspector Gadget two is closer. Is closer. I do kind of like how bad Inspector Gadget 1 is, though. Yeah, and I like Rupert Everett's, you know, uh... Don't, 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 don't. Bring on the brownies! <laughs> I just said French Short was a better Inspector Gadget than well, Matthew Broderick. Well, you know, technically, yes. Inspector Gadget 2 is more true to the cartoon series, which I watched as a kid. I was a religious watch. This is how long ago, where I would watch when I go get my hair cut. Oh, at, that's right. At, uh... Cuts for kids across from the Bergen Mall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they would have it on the TV screen. You you cut your hair. Obviously, they cut a little too much off. And uh, they would have on either Inspector Gadget or the Sonic the Hedgehog this cartoon. Is, this is ringing a bell. Wow. Uh, okay. There are certain franchises, actually, where I think some of the sequels are actually better than the original. Mm-hmm. I can say which confidently. One, which, which one comes to mind? For me, you? Austin Powers. Okay. See, this is why I'm glad Megan is here. Right. Because you and I are in total agreement on this. Mm-hmm. She, and, and the rest of the audience here. What, well, I guess technically this is a small sandwich because you have the two bread pieces. Right. You and Megan. We have and like then, a single slice of... Uh, right. Of, of, we're, uh, we're running low in the fridge. We have a single slice of turkey. <laughs> well, what's your favorite Austin Powers? Gold member, for okay, sure. So, okay, so mine is two. Okay. Number two. But, but I, still I like, will admit, Spy Who Shagged Me is also very strong. But three is my absolute favorite. And I don't disagree with you. Megan? Tell me your ranking. Tell me. You, give us your ranking. Give us your, your ranking, Bass. Why would I give a ranking? I don't, I only saw part of three. Oh. So, <laughs> so this is even worse than I thought. even worse. Because by I the remember. Way, by the way, I'm asking someone who hasn't seen Return of the Jedi <laughs> in 2022. All right. I could have sworn. I Bet on my mother's life oh, oh. that Megan once said at a conversation, probably around the lunch table, yeah. that her Austin Powers ranking went one, two, three. I it is money. It is. It is because I never saw the whole thing on three. I wasn't really a huge fan of two. How can you? But how can you say that something is the worst if you haven't seen the full thing of it? Because how could I rank that as number one? So, so then it's technically not on. It's your not list. on your list. But either way, your your ranking is still wrong because you're going International Man of Mystery, <laughs> Spy Who Shagged Me, and then I didn't even bother with Goldmember. Now, in International Man of Mystery's defense, I did rewatch it not too long ago, and it is very funny. There's a lot of funny stuff, and it's maybe the purest in terms of its whole fish out of water stuff. Sure. But I don't know. I laugh way harder. 
at, you know, Dr. Evil getting it on with Frau Farbissima <laughs> or Una Brow or Fel- I think Felicity Shagwell is a way more interesting, uh, way more charismatic. Yeah, way more charismatic. My favorite in the last time I watched it was when uh, they first meet in Austin goes, those pants are skin tight. Ba- How do you get into those pants? And she goes, you buy me a drink and find out. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone to know Megan is staring at us like we are from Venus. <laughs> like we just crawled off the molten hot but, surface ow. of Venus. Well, but then you also have the great gag in the second movie with him asking the three questions. Oh yeah, with uh, Mustafa. Please, I know I can't, I swear. Where's Dr. Evil's secret location? Ah, damn, alright. Where is Dr. Evil's secret volcano lab? Yeah. <laughs> And then he breaks the rule, or, and then he's like, no, no, you are preaching to the converted. If I'm preaching to the converted, man, then why are you being so slavish to the three-question three form? <laughs> no, you're not even looking at me, man. You're just being rude. Come on, that's, that's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. But okay, I tend to watch it out of... Okay, make sure I mention about my bizarre Harry Potter rewatch. Uh-huh. But when I watch Austin Powers, I tend to watch two, three, one. When I watch Home Alone, I do tend to go two, two, one. I usually just stop at, at that point. Can I ever convince you, Megan, to watch Austin Powers 3? She sounds like she's pretty much made up her mind. Yeah. I just don't know if maybe... I, you have no and, sense of humor? That is for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just didn't see Austin Powers at the right age. I don't know, maybe that's it's something. entirely possible. Because the first time My other I, reason is, I think, entirely possible. The first time I think I saw Awesome Powers, I was 11 or 12. So I was... That's at the exact right age. Right. <laughs> but okay. But even at that age, I still didn't understand the See, humor. See, here's how far back my love for Awesome Power goes. I had those three on VHS. Me too. I remember being in the McKay art room. The room that eventually that was the art room, and then it was Mrs. Spina's room, and then it became the art room again. <laughs> At some point in the 2000s, right? probably around the time 3 came out, I remember talking about it in McKay Elementary School in the fifth grade. And here she is talking about, oh, I was the wrong age. Now, l- let me mention my, my bizarre Harry Potter rewatch. Okay. So last month or so, I got into a Maggie Smith kick. Okay. As happens. Well, you're not wrong for doing that. Because I love Maggie Smith. Megan, what's your favorite Maggie Smith movie? I've only seen her in the Harry Potter franchise. You never saw Hook? Oh. But kind of forgot that she was even in Hook. Oh, Jesus. Anyways, actually, strangely enough, I did not watch Hook as part of my Maggie That's Smith. That's funny. Because I was watching what was on HBO Max, and I was watching this really great movie called A Room with a View, which is with Maggie Smith, where she plays like an uptight governess, and a young, very, very young Helena Bonham Carter, oh. who's like this uh, matron uh, daughter of uh, uptight British. Gotcha. And they're on, they're, it's a class drama. And I thought, okay, Helena Bonham Carter, Maggie Smith, were also in... Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, you know what? I haven't watched Harry... I was a casual Harry Potter fan. I read the books. I was of that age. But, you know, there's some people who are diehard yeah. Harry Potter people. So I thought, okay, let me, maybe I'll do a rewatch of it. And I w- started with four. So I thought, well, I just want to watch four. I got totally hooked into it. I forgot how much fun those movies are. And and they're long, some of them. Yeah. And I never once looked at my clock. 
like those are movies that justify their their girth. Mm-hmm. You know, they're girthy movies. But they also, like you said, they they sweep you up into the world. Absolutely. So I then watched four, five, six, seven part one, seven part two. Then I watched the two released Fantastic Beast movies, which I did not like. Uh-huh. The first one was okay. It was passable. But it should have stopped there. It should have stopped. The second one, terrible. And at first I thought, you know what? This is so weird and convoluted. Maybe I'm going to end up loving it because it's so convoluted. Uh huh. No, I didn't love that. No. Then I got off of it and I went on to something else. I came back from a little detour I took <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'm going to now watch three, which growing <laughs> up was my least favorite. Yeah. And people love that movie. Uh-huh. Like if you look at rankings, you look at reviews. It's up pretty high for That's most the people. one that is always number one. And I remember as a kid hating that movie because it was so tonally different mm-hmm. from the two Christopher Columbus. Well, Christopher Columbus, no. Chris, Chris Columbus. Columbus. Also who directed uh, Home, Alone. Home Alone movies. And I always hated it because mm-hmm. I thought this is dark. It's not fun. And I don't like it. I rewatched it this time. You know what? It is good. It, it actually is good. I don't know where I would put it now in my ranking. Yeah, it, it, I still like other ones better, yeah. but I liked it a lot more than I you know, did the first time. When I tell people which ones are my favorite, five is actually my maybe my number one. Well, my number one perhaps might be the... Oh, I like the last one, because that one's like nonstop. Sure. Part uh, one or two, or both of them combined. La- no, the last one. Uh, seven, part two. Part one is okay, but it's very meandering. Oh, and part one was so close to the book like to the word i actually really like six because i thought six has a lot of some of the funniest moments because that's uh-huh. where ron and hermione yeah are, the will they won't they thing yeah and, and like ron gets the love potion and he falls on six was the last one i ever saw it was the i didn't read that book until when the pandemic started so oh. two years ago was that i skipped six because huh. I got to a point with Harry Potter where I was kind of tired of it. Yeah. And then I kind of came back to it when the seventh one came out. But the one that as a kid I liked the most was the second one. Yeah. I would still... Actually, that might be my Which I one. watched yesterday. So I'm going Fantastic Beasts 3. Oh, right. Or 3, 2, Fantastic Beasts 3, and then Harry Potter 1. I do like Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets a lot. The problem, I will agree... Is it has pacing issues. Very long. Especially if you watch the director's cut. Yeah, and, it's and, like basically three hours. Yeah, and trying to fit in all the book. So those are ones where I actually think the sequels... Do shine more. Do shine more. And people talk more about... Even though I think the, the first one is very good. Because that one's kind of, you know, has the, the job of setting everything up. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of... And if you look at these lists, another example of that is like Empire Strikes Back. It's right. always listed. Even though I personally... You know what's weird? We barely talked about Star Wars in these two episodes, I mean, two seasons. It's crazy. When Star Wars is one of our main things. Very much so in a way we can never even explain. <laughs> I prefer episode four to episode five. I'm, I may be in the, in the minority on that one. What about you, Megan? Oh, I know her ranking because she hasn't seen pretty much any I, it's, of them. It's better than saying Attack of the Clones. That's true. That <laughs> is saying. true. Okay, oh, here's another... Okay, go ahead. I have another one that I think you'll probably agree with. Okay. Wayne's World 2. Wayne's World 2, I happen to love a lot more than... I just think it is infinitely more quotable. Yeah, and, I mean, you have Christopher Walken is trying to steal Tia Carreri <laughs> from Wayne. Now, again, this is not to put down 
Wayne's World 1, but I think that the premise of Wayne and Garth having to set up a Woodstock-like concert is way more interesting. Because what's the... In the first one, it's that they sell the show to Rob Lowe, right? To basically yeah. have it being from, like, a public access show to a Saturday and Night K- Live. Kim Basinger in 2? She's in 2. She's Garth's Girl, romantic right. uh, interest. And then Kevin Pollack, he's the guy with the yeah. eye. So I give my right eye. <laughs> <laughs> and that has the whole thing where they go to the... It has probably some of the lines we've quoted yeah. the most. Remember they go to a, a gas station and they try to get directions and the, the actor isn't good enough. So they bring <laughs> Can we get a better actor so than they bring in Charlton Heston? <laughs> I knew a girl on Gordon Street a long time ago. One of the bus scenes in Wayne's World 2 is when... The bus Wayne, scenes? I said best. One of the best scenes in Wayne's World 2, I think, is when Wayne fights... Uh, James Cassandra's, Hong? Yeah. Oh, yeah, James Hong. Cassandra's father. From every which way but loose. <laughs> or, uh... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Man, look up who directed Wayne's World 2. Because Wayne's uh, World... Steven Sergey. Sir, oh, never mind. I was trying to incorporate you. Part of Mike Myers' legendary douche-dumb was that he <laughs> and Pe- Penelope Spheris... Really didn't get along, didn't get along. right? And what's really interesting, which I didn't know about... And, well, look at what else that director did. Is that the original script for Wayne's World 2, as written by Mike Myers, was Garth and Wayne are going to break off and secede from Canada and make their own country. (laughs) The problem, though, is that he was plagiarizing a, I think it's a French film. He directed an episode of The X-Files. Look up uh, Wayne's World 2 and look in the production part and look to see what was the original movie that Mike Myers was plagiarizing. The the head of whatever the company was was it Columbia? No, Paramount. Paramount. Sherry Lansing. So yeah, how do you say her last name? Penelope. Spears. Who directed the first film? This is directly off of Wikipedia. Okay. Believed that Myers encouraged the studio not to have her back for the sequel due to personality conflicts. And what does it with say Myers. about the, about Sherry Lansing? Whatever it was, <laughs> they they. And she was going to sue Mike Myers. and like Oh, the head of Paramount? Yeah, she was the head of Paramount. She was going to sue him. Wow. For being so arrogant. Yeah, Megan? Myers' original script for Wayne's World 2 had Wayne and Garth forming their own country and seceding from the U.S. after finding an ancient scroll in a story taken from the 1949 British comedy Passport to Pimlico. Okay, that's what it was. And this, like, this, this version was well into pre-production before it came to light that the studio had no idea the script was based on a previous film and thus they had not obtained the rights. So that's how arrogant at the point that Mike Myers' career that he was like, I don't care if I don't have the rights to this. I'm going to steal this script. Wow. Which is amazing because you know, I've been a fan of Wayne's World 2 for so long I never heard this story. And yet, and it, but what's crazy to think too is like that could have been the second movie when they, what we end up getting is just a basic... Right, well they pared it down... <laughs> Oh, and that's the one with the half-naked Indian. Right. And an old man fashioning a oh, kayak out of a log. There's so many good. So many good lines. Well, I also wonder if it's because, for me, I saw that one first. Oh, I saw Wayne's World 2. Maybe it's not as good technically of a movie, but mm-hmm. I think it's a way funnier movie. I, but I also, I, I take a look at the talent that's on the screen, too. Is like, not only, yes, Wayne and Garth are hilarious together. Yeah. But Christopher Walken is your main baddie. Oh, I mean, I love Rob Lowe. And you have Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Who's like, oh, God, what's his Why do they all come to me to die? Why do they all come to me to die? (laughs) 
Okay, then. Oh, and then Chris Farley. Chris Farley is Milton. We're trying to be the roadie. It's good, man. I love everything. I hate my life. I hate my dad. I'm going to go start a fight. (laughs) He's doing way better. Way better. And then he goes, I got no other place to go. (laughs) (laughs) And who's the... It's Aerosmith, right? Yeah. And then there's the dead Jim Morrison. uh, Oh, and then they go to England. Right. I thought they would have used two doubles. Right, it's way more quotable. Okay, here's another movie I'm thinking of that no one agrees with me on. But it's a movie I saw first before the original. The Hangover. It's Hangovers. I saw, actually, almost... God, almost 10 years ago now, I saw that Memorial Day weekend with my friends at like a midnight showing. We finished it too. And then at four the next morning, we went to Jones Beach, which is very strange. But I had never seen uh, Hangover Hangover 1. So I saw Hangover 2 and I loved it. And then I watched Hangover 1. I thought, oh, they're just ripping off Hangover 2. (laughs) Even though obviously the second one, maybe I like it because it's so much darker I mean, Teddy loses his finger. Right. And there, there is more violence in that one. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Stu gets sperm shot inside of him. Right. <laughs> it, it takes a very dark, dark, dark turn. But I happen to think that that movie is, is way funnier. Is way funnier than the first one. I will concede Hangover 3. Is not funny at well, all. You, have you seen Hangover 3? I got through maybe 35 40 minutes of it what's weird about it that's one of the weirdest sequels of all time but it's also such a bad way to end a trilogy because it's not even that it's not funny it's not even trying to be funny it's like this straightforward action thriller that has a few funny moments in it but they're not even it's not like they're trying to be funny and it's falling flat it's just that they're not telling a story that's funny right or even trying to tell a story and what's weird too is then you have someone like john goodman who's great in everything (laughs) yeah uh and somehow he's not because he plays marshall the uh it's also a case of where like you think you know i like ken jung but you know enough is enough (laughs) no we've got it okay here's a franchise i was thinking of where i know you agree with me on this one Uh uh-huh and i know what megan thinks and i don't really care the Mission Impossible films. Oh, for sure. Where the, those but, mostly got better. But I will say, two, I think, isn't as good as one. I've only seen those first few a few times. Maybe not as good as one. If you look at two, so that came out in 2002, that is really, really trying to imitate like the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies, which now when we go and look at the way that the Mission Impossible movies have gone trajectory-wise, they're not really all about gadgets and yeah. stuff. But they were trying to make Ethan Hawke like a... Not Ethan Hawke. They were uh, trying to make Ethan, Ethan Hunt, Hunt like a James Bond type. Because wasn't that... Is that John Woo? Yeah. Is the second one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't it start to turn... I think I think it started to get most popular in like the fourth one. Yeah, I think four really set it on. Now, And that's why I liked... The series a lot up to that point was because basically every movie, a new director got to put a stamp on Mission Impossible. But since five, it's been Christopher McQuarrie, which uh, he has made two of the best ones, though. Rogue Nation. And Fallout. Is five? Yeah, and Fallout I, I, I is think, six. I still don't think I've seen Rogue Nation. I know you got it for me, but I don't know if I've, I've seen it all the way through. Mm-hmm. I, I really I, like Rogue I definitely Nation. liked five, even though we saw it under very stressful circumstances. Oof. I thought it was six. I thought it was... No. No, you're wrong. 
Mission Impossible 6 Fallout? That wasn't the one that you and That's the one Nick we saw. saw. Yeah. You said it was five. Oh, I meant six. I'm dyslexic with math. <laughs> Even when he's saying yeah, the number. Five, uh, six. The one right. with Fallout. When we saw. Uh, that was a. Uh, we maybe not under the best circumstances. When we were going just... to California, they canceled the plane ride at like three in the morning. And then we had to go. And we were supposed to be on the plane three hours later. Right. And then we went on. Uh... Meg, what's your favorite Mission Impossible movie? She actually has seen a yeah. number of them. My favorite is Six, Fallout. Okay. You're a big Henry Cavill fan? It depends. Well, what, I mean, what movies what? don't you like where you're well, not a fan of hers? Well, just you more... like The Witcher? Not interested in The Witcher. Well, what, what what Henry Cavill movies have you seen that you're not a fan of him in? Yeah, this is why you can't say metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't so seen... So will pick apart every single word that you say. <laughs> Which ones? I didn't really like him in Enola Holmes. I remember watching well, we're that. We're going to discuss Enola Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> the, but speaking of, uh, well, oh, yeah, okay, Mission Impossible. On that one, you you mentioned one at dinner, and I have to agree with you one hundred percent. Mad Max. I've had such a weird relationship with the Mad Max films because remember when I saw Mad Max one, I absolutely hated it. Yeah, that was well. That was my takeaway from it the first time I saw it too. I haven't revisited it. But then what happened was two years later, I did revisit it when I was on an Australian movie kick where I watched a bunch of movies that were made in Australia or set in Australia, Mm -hmm. and there is good stuff in Mad Max one. I think I was going into Mad Max 1 with the wrong expectations. I think I thought Mad Max 1 was going to be Mad Max 2. Because Mad Max 1 is set like three months before the apocalypse. Whereas Mad Max 2 is the apocalypse. It's it's the aftermath. It's it's the post-apocalypse. And Road Warrior is like a a soft reboot, but... Oh, Road Warrior? Yeah, I mean... No, it's not really a no. soft reboot, but Fury Road. Well, here's the thing: if you look at a lot of these lists, a lot of these people put Fury Road. If you look at the list about okay, sequels better than the original, right? People will often put Fury Road on there, but I think that's unfair because I don't think Fury Road is a sequel. No, it's like a sequ- It's like a sequel boot, yeah, to it, everything that's it, happened. Because what I've read is that George Miller, director of Babe Two, uh. <laughs> He calls it a like a revitalization or a uh, or a, I gotta look it up. Uh, but like it's it's also still trying to be a like it is trying to be a reboot. Yeah, sort of. It, it it wants to be a reboot without saying it's a reboot. I happen to actually love Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, it's it great. took me years and years and years of people recommend uh, recommend. We finally it. watched it. I think maybe last year. Yeah, and I really I forget what was the circumstance. I guess it was just You were on. you were on your Mad Max kick, but oh, you weren't sure if you wanted to buy Fury Road yet. Right. And you know, I actually think all those Mad Max I, there's no movie my opinion has changed more about than Mad Max 1. I hated Mad Max 1 the first time I saw it. And I liked it way more the second time. Enough to say that you loved it or just... Liked it. Maybe it was because I was in the mind space of like, okay, I'm watching Australian films. It's definitely the most Australian film of those, even though they were all made technically in Australia by Australians. But that was like an in the, that was like the clerks right. of... And it definitely feels that way too. But like, I think that was probably the problem I had too because the main reason I even watched the first one was 
the trailer for Fury Road had come out like a month right. before. And it's unfair. That's why it's unfair, really, to compare them. I mean, it's more fair to compare Road Warrior with, by the way, Road Warrior is really great. And the first half of Thunderdome is yeah. great. The second half of Thunderdome, when they get the Lost Boys. A little odd. A little, very odd. And they're living like, I think they're living, are they living in a jet? They're living in, I, have to, I don't remember. There's a jet. There's like a jumbo jet involved somehow. Right. They're going to escape and fly to Sydney. 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Well, do you like that one more, Megan? Do you do you, like, yeah, do you like, are you a Finding Dory or are you a Finding Nemo fan? Finding Nemo. On the Wedway, we did discuss uh, Monsters University. Okay. And our thoughts were? Didn't like it. Wow. Megan was very appalled also about the line at the Laugh Factory. No, isn't that the name of the comedy club? Yeah. When laugh we, floor. Laugh floor? What, there was a long line She was it? appalled. I forget exactly the, why she was it appalled. It was just more of... <laughs> she it. was audible in her disgust for the line. Did she do oh. the... How dare that be uh, Did she... Uh, here, I'm going to try and see if I can set the scene. Yeah. Did she do this? Whoa! <laughs> what? It was something like that. But anyways, Fury Road. <laughs> those are sequels. I Maybe not Thunderdome. But definitely... Two, I think, is a big step up, though, from yeah. the first one. Oh, definitely. But, again, it's almost unfair to compare them in a way, I guess. Megan? Another... You, what are your thoughts on Mad Max? I never saw Mad Max, oh, so I don't really have... here. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say yeah. that another franchise that I thought where the sequel was better than the original was The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I thought that was better than, <laughs> than the first this is such Hitman's a, that Bodyguard. That's such a <laughs> Megan line. Did you think... Girls Trip was better than Mom's Trip. What was that? What was that movie? Um, with Jada Pinkett Smith. What was it? I didn't know there was another one. Or, I don't know. The, what movie. No, we were thinking of the one where with with Mila. Oh, Bad, Bad Moms. Moms. Bad Moms and Bad Moms Christmas. Christmas. What was the first one called? Bad Moms. No, no, no. <laughs> of the one you said. The Hitman's Bodyguard. And what was the second one called? The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. All right, all right. Well, who directed those? Look it up. What was another? What's another one? Where it's gotten progressively better? Hmm. Well, here let, let's let me, let me look at this list here. Patrick, you could Hughes. actually argue tangential to Mission Impossible. You could argue that the individual James Bond, anytime they switched actors. Oh yeah. Like I think Skyfall is still the best Daniel Craig one, but I might enjoy Casino Royale. Well. As a more entertaining movie. Well, I mean, there's a lot that you can do with those. Like, I think From Russia with Love is a way better movie than Doctor, Doctor no. no. And I think Goldmember, or, well, no. Well, Goldmember. Goldmember. Goldfinger is also good. Here's a list here. Tell me what, I'll, I'll read some of these. Paddington 2. Yes, I agree with that. Oh, here's a definite one. Thor Ragnarok. For sure. If you, if you just count, you know. If we're, just, if we're just counting what ones are better. Yeah, yes. getting into MCU is... Dicey. Mad Max Fury Road they have here. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I would agree. Captain Rise. Yeah, I would I, agree. I agree. Well, because that's Matt Reeves, who right. I, he's, he's got my seal of approval for Batman. How so. to Train Your Dragon 2. I, I would also I agree. I have seen these. Oh, God. Here we go. Fast Five. No, I don't care. I, I can't even get into it. Toy Story 3. Oh, here's the, here's the classic one. Dark Knight. People always say Dark Knight better than Batman Returns. Or Batman uh, Begins. I like it more than Batman Begins, but I still like Batman Returns. You can give me Batman Returns over. Yeah, get, well, give me the ones that still try to feel like comic book movies. Oh, here's a fun one Hellboy 2. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. You don't, you don't agree? With, I, I haven't seen I them I love enough. Hellboy 1 a lot. I, I, I haven't seen them enough to really have an opinion. I remember disliking the ending of Hellboy 2 when I first saw is it, and they, it eventually grew on me. Is that but, when they had the kids? Yeah. But then it was never followed up. No. Okay, here in, in spirit of our episode today, title, The Two Towers... Better than the first? Uh, I'd probably say it's better than the first, but okay, I don't here, know. Here's what I don't have much of an opinion on. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yes, that is for sure better. I haven't seen those I mean, enough. I think so. I just think that it... I was thinking that, that was another... Uh, I think that amps it up a little bit more. That was another uh, kick I was almost... I, like, I was almost on a, uh, on a Terminator kick. I thought, okay, I'm going to finally actually sit down and watch all of these. And then I think they took the two, few of the later ones out. I, I still got to watch one and two. I've seen them, but not in years. Yeah. Your, your Majesty. What about... You don't need to raise your hand, man. This isn't school. <laughs> Would you say Homeward Bound to Lost in San Francisco Ooh. was better than Homeward Bound the Incredible Very Journey? Very obscure obsession. Obscure, obscure one. You know, honestly, I, I haven't think, seen them... I know I saw two first, so I think my affinity goes towards that. I know I had both on VHS, but I haven't seen them in, the, in so long. But it's possible. That's a good one, though. Because that's where it's like... That's a, that was a real out-of-pocket reference, Maya. Okay, here's here's one I don't count. is Silence of the Lambs. Because technically, Silence of the Lambs is a sequel to, to Manhunter, Hunter, but not really. Because Manhunter is in its own multiverse universe. I don't... Yeah. Here's I don't, one I have a bloodthirsty... It makes me just bloodthirsty. Is Superman 2. I hate when people say Superman 2. Are they referring to the Richard Donner no, cut? No, they're referring to the original Richard Lester version. The first Superman is a great movie. The second one, the Richard Lester version, is too campy. It's silly. It's frivolous. And it's not nearly as good. But the Superman movies also have a trajectory of doing that. Where oh, it, th- this is a case of falling off a cliff while holding you weights. Got, well, you got shot with a, a kryptonite bullet, and then he just keeps falling. Because you have Superman 1, which I think is a, was one of those movies I watched endlessly as a kid. Superman 2... I never really liked as much. The Richard Donner cut is very, very good in comparison, even though it's not a complete movie. There's a scene in the in the film where they use the screen test that Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder did because they didn't actually film this scene, so they use... Oh, uh, what they had. They, you know how they kind of did that like with um, Grizzly 2? <laughs> oh, boy. Superman 3 is a bizarre, awful movie where it's... But it's I kind of like that one... A- I don't know if I like it more than four. No, I. It's a bizarre, awful movie, but I think it's a fun Richard Pryor movie. Yeah, not a great Superman for sure. movie. And then Superman Four is bizarre, almost embarrassing. It's almost like something we would make. <laughs> it's so terrible. Oh, here's another one that everyone always points out to: Wrath of Khan. I, I would say they're correct. That one in is that. right because Star Trek One is perhaps one of the most boring space movies because they're they're they are trying to rip off another boring space movie. Two thousand one. They want it to be boring, slow, and dull. And again, I mean, the '60s show wasn't that. So it's weird to have this like, especially because it had been off the air for a number of years by that point, yeah. to like have a. A resurgence of Star Trek. And what's fun in Star Trek 2 is they talk about the cast getting older because it's been a number of years removed from the series. And then they go on to do 50 more right. with these casts where they get older and older and fatter. Including going up to basically the early 90s when yeah, they had the, the crossover in, with Next Generation. Uh, yeah, uh, what was that called? Star Trek Generation? I think that was the, yeah. the crossover. But I happen... 
as a not a huge Star Trek fan, you know, I do love Star Trek two, three, and of course four. Four. I also like six, where where it's the murder mystery and oh yeah, they're yeah. They're, they're quoting Shakespeare a lot. Where Very Christopher odd. Plummer plays a Klingon. I think I think is that the one with Christian Slater too. Uh, might be. I can't remember. Megan, is Christian Slater in uh, Star Trek Six, the, the undiscovered, undiscovered country. country, which of course is a quote from uh, Hamlet? Very odd. Megan, what is do... the undiscovered country? Do you know? I don't know. Death. Secret of Nim Two, by the way, not a good sequel. <laughs> but when I was it, and that's which, another thing. Which movie did you ask about, Christian Slater? Star Trek Six, the <laughs> undiscovered country. It's like when you were a kid. That's another weird thing that happens. Is you sometimes are so wrong. In your choices mm-hmm. because i used to think secret of nim 2 was a better movie than secret well of nim. when we talked about pocahontas and pocahontas 2 yeah as an adult would you still agree that two is better than one i know that you had a horrific experience with trying to watch one originally much like homeward bound 2 i i have to rewatch it because it's been so many years I don't think I care for either of the Pocahontas right. movies particularly. Megan? Pocahontas. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. What did we ask you to do? Is Christian Slater in Star Trek I did 6? Not, I did not find that, no. Okay. So it's possible he is. But... I believe he is. <laughs> what other ones for you? When you think about... Well, the one I think that a lot of people tend to either put as toe-to-toe with or if not better is godfather one and two it's funny you say that because that was like the next one the next one it's like one of the most i dare to say iconic but people always use that as an example and i like the first one more i don't know that i i don't know that in the minority i don't know that two is better it's just a different experience for me my father who loves the godfather movies that's his least favorite he likes one three two uncle mike he doesn't like two because of the structure he doesn't oh. use those that terminology, but he doesn't like the back and forth between time between timelines. But he when he sees, I think it's called the Godfather Saga. Uh-huh. It's had different names where they've edited it to be in a in chronological, chronological order. order. Then he likes it, but he doesn't like the back and forth. And okay, uh, I don't know. The, and by the way, Godfather three, not a great movie, but not nearly. As bad Deserving as. of the reviled reputation it has. I mean, you're going up against two classics. Right. You know? It's like but being again, John Adams between, uh, you know, But again, Washington I think that's a, one of those situations where after a number of years, you kind of fall out of it a little bit. And I don't you know, know that I mean? the Coda one was all that big of an improvement, yeah. <laughs> actually, which I, 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 I'm glad you gave to me. I've watched it a bunch. But I don't know that it made that much difference. Really. It was, I think, it was definitely promoted to be like this totally new viewing experience. Yeah, I couldn't even tell the difference. Okay, here's another one that we've talked about: Alien, Aliens. Aliens. Now, this is another case where it's almost unfair to compare them because one is a I horror think, movie and yeah. one is an action thriller. Well, I think that's actually very fair because I know that they are sequels, or rather. Aliens is a sequel to the events of what happens in Alien, but because of the fact that they're two tonally different movies, I don't know that I can... It's like comparing apples to a live cow. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just... I don't know that I can... For me, at least. I don't know that I can say that Aliens is better than Alien. 
I have to watch one under the right circumstance, or rather, I have to be in the right mood. See, all right, I want to watch a sci-fi action movie, Alien. Because Alien is a terrific movie. I want to watch a sci-fi horror movie, Alien. I'm trying to think. I feel like, though, I've watched Alien more than Aliens, because it's it's a much quiet... Yeah, quieter, strangely enough. For sure. Quieter experience. Well, compared to, yeah, I mean, I would say scale-wise. I mean, they're all better than uh, Resurrection. Right. Although, we did like Alien Cubed, or whatever I did like it. the direct, or, well, the work print yeah. version, whatever they call it. Is it Mr. No... Charles Dance? Yeah. Does he, get, does, he get, does he get his head? He gets his head imploded. <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, what's your favorite Alien movie? I ever saw Alien. What's your favorite movie that has an alien in it? Ooh. Monsters versus Aliens? Nah. Galaxy Quest? Are you a big Galaxy Quest Never fan? saw Galaxy Quest. My favorite Martian? Oh, no. Because you walked no. out. Yeah, no. that's the other one you walked out of. Oh, I'm scared. Ooh. No, not even scared. I was dis- she was disgusted by a potty oh, humor joke. Yeah, what was the potty humor joke? There? Remember when they burst out oh, of the yeah. toilet? What about the part where Wallace Shawn is chewing on gum and turns into a... <laughs> Okay, Megan, you can either watch My Favorite Martian or My Dinner with Andre. <laughs> I don't Did you ever see My Dinner with Andre? I happen to love that movie. It's it's one of the most, you know, bizarre movies. It's two people literally talking over dinner for like... Did you ever see My yeah. Dinner with Andre? No. No, I'm talking about Nicholas. What's your favorite alien movie? I don't have one. She has to do research oh now. Oh my God. Research your favorite alien movie. <laughs> yeah, because... My name is going to be on Google to look at my favorite alien movie. Oh, here's another one I like that I was obsessed with as a kid. I think Megan even brought this up the other day in the hotel lobby. The Rescuers Down Under. I would agree that the sequel is better. I watched that movie so much that the DVD broke. (laughs) Not the DVD broke. The The... VHS broke. And it took me years to find it. That That is an improvement, though. Okay, if you had to pick... One movie. Oh, before we get to that, we have to talk about my most recent. Oh, what, Megan? I thought you said you wanted to know what my favorite alien movie is, oh. but I don't care. All right, well, I'm waiting. I was going to say Scooby Doo and the Alien Invaders. That doesn't count. The uh, recent movie that I've become obsessed with as a number two. Oh, that's right. We were on a. We've been on a kick. Yeah, we've been on a kick that's been interrupted mostly by the fact that I can't sleep with these damn <laughs> things in my mouth. These uh, Invisalign. The Psycho sequels. sequels. So I guess the way this came about was a few months ago now, I was listening to an interview with uh, Quentin Tarantino. And he was in one interview was talking how he liked Rocky 2 more than Rocky 1, which is a whole other discussion about the Rocky films. And then he was talking about how he liked, in this other interview, how he liked Psycho 2 more than Psycho 1. Now, I knew that there were Psycho sequels. Mm-hmm. I saw the original Psycho... Psycho... Cycle? <laughs> I saw Psycho when I was in high school. In fact, Miss Ling, we had to watch it for... Is that for visual Visual lit? literacy. I had seen it prior, though. And I knew there were these sequels, but I never had any interest in... I think, God, this is a cheap... How cheap could it, you get? How low and vile? Right. It's to, sort of to a... To do a sequel to a Hitchcock movie. Why would you ever? Like, that, I think, is the real question. But it took me a number of years to finally see these sequels. Now, so I saw it, and I bought this three-pack. You, I think, had already bought... Yeah, I have the uh, Blu-ray Shout Factory editions where you get, nine, you know, a good amount of special features on all three of them. 
they do dwindle in terms of like by the time you get to three there's yeah. like three things and then by the time that you get to the fourth movie it's like there's the trailer yeah. and that's it so oh am i boring you <laughs> okay one of the rules on a podcast is to not yawn if you're one of the people on the show let the and yaw- certainly don't yawn into the microphone. Let the audience do the yawning, not the cast member who has been off the show for 20 episodes. It finally brought back, and what does she do? She's like, bored. She yawns. Anyways, I heard Tarantino praise it and said he actually likes Psycho 2 more than Psycho 1. And he's a fan of the director Richard Franklin, who was an Australian director, a contemporary of George Miller, who rose to prominence I'm giving Megan the stink eye <laughs> who rose to prominence in the I guess what was this 80s 70s 80s the second one I think was like 82 so the eight, 70s by directing a bunch of Australian Hitchcock esque movies. movies a movie called Road Games Road oh, Games oh I've heard of this w- movie which has um, Jimmy Lee Curtis in it and it's basically rear window, but in a in a car truck. Yeah, going through the Australian outback where she's in the truck and she witnesses something, and it goes from there. Oh, Another yeah. movie called Patrick, which is about a guy who I think is like a telepath, but he's in a coma. Hmm. Interesting films. So I thought, okay, now I'm interested in seeing it. So I bought it. I watched Psycho one the first night, and then I watched Psycho two the next night. Then I watched Psycho three, and I haven't gotten to Psycho four yet. But I was so shocked that Psycho 2 is a really good movie. It's weird at a lot of levels because it's like you said, there's no purpose for a second movie. And I actually think calling it Psycho 2 is a major detriment to it. Because I, you I could, would agree with you. You I could have this you. movie set on its own terms. People would, of course, compare it. Oh, this is like Psycho. Mm-hmm. Because it's you know a, a motel, someone weird, working weird. There. But it's so good on its own terms entirely. Mm-hmm. It actually is able to go to places obviously that Hitchcock couldn't go to. Right, because of the time. Ter- I mean, there's a, a great. You didn't see Psycho Three yet. There's a great scene involving a toilet in Psycho Three, but in Psycho Two, when one of the characters, I won't say who it is, gets stabbed through the mouth. Yeah. It was. I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked by the level of violence. Well, especially because I think, too, that the first movie had a reputation of being groundbreaking for the time. Absolutely. And so the, the limited violence that happens on screen is, you know, a few slashes that you kind of see. And, and, and what's interesting and famous about the shower sequence is that you think, oh, I'm seeing the knife go into her body. And you're not at all. And oh, I'm just realizing Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. And Janet Lee was her mother. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Jimmy Lee Curtis wanted to play the uh, Meg Tilly part. Is it Meg Tilly? Yeah, it's Meg Tilly. But I think she was. Do- I think she had just done w- one of the Halloween sequels. That would make sense. And she was like, "I don't want to do horror right now." Yeah, even though, that course, makes sense. She went on to do horror for a number of years, many more times, including uh, Freaky Friday. So here's the plot, Megan, of Psycho Two. Did you ever see Psycho One? No, and I have no interest in watching Psycho. See, this, see, this, is, the, this is the problem. Because Psycho 1 has... I, I, I put Psycho 1, by the way, in like my top five favorite movies of all time. Yeah, Psycho 1, by the way, has no actual violence in it at all. At all. But I just 
don't. I'm not interested in the movie. I don't. I will watch never. Uncultured. <laughs> I will never understand that. But okay, Psycho Two. Norman Bates. How long has it been? Twenty. Twenty-two years? years, and he's been released from his imprisonment due to because he was convicted of the murder, but was deemed insane. He's released, and he's now a free citizen under sort of restrictions. And Robert Loja is ah for Robert Loja <laughs> is his caseworker. Uh-huh. Meg Tilly is a woman who works at the diner that he gets a job at. And then Vera Miles comes back as the character from the original one who was the sister of the woman who was murdered Killed in, in the, the shower. shower. And of course, she is none too happy that Norman Bates is out. And there's a lot of twists and turns. Very, too good very good twists. And also a very, very good mystery. Yeah. Because I have to say, I was really shocked that it wasn't who you think it is. And also that it's never explicitly revealed that one version of the story is correct. Right. Do you, you know what I yeah. mean? It's kind of like the Joker's backstory in uh, right. Dark Knight where you don't know exactly who is who is telling the truth and who is lying. And, and there's so many twists and turns that totally are exciting and interesting and compelling. Right down to the end when he... What he does with a shovel totally came out of nowhere. <laughs> and what's very interesting about Psycho 2 is in Psycho 1, there is a point where you start to root for Norman. Yeah. Because you don't, you know, I, this is not really a spoiler. Most people watch Psycho knowing Norman Bates is the killer. I would say almost, maybe not Megan, but everyone else who goes to watch it knows. So... Megan, that was a spoiler, by on the way. On one level, okay, you're rooting a, for a killer. A spoiler. But in, in the context of the film, you don't know. So you're rooting, you're hoping he's going to be okay. Uh-huh. And two, there is no doubt in your mind that he not only is a killer, he dug up his mother's corpse, dressed up like her, did a whole bunch of strange stuff, and yet, in this movie, you still want him to be okay. You're actually right. rooting, That's true. you're hoping, oh, I hope... I hope it's not Norman losing his his mind again. His mind again. Because you're right. We get the movie sometimes from Norman's perspective, but then you also get the view from other characters' perspectives where as the audience member then you sort of become disoriented because you don't know whether what's happening in Norman's head is real or whether there's outside conspirators, shall yeah. we say. And and, and you you're actually hoping that this guy who is a complete psycho literally right is going to be okay i think that's a, a very amazing it's almost in a way predating the joaquin phoenix joker yeah where you know true. that this guy is crazy and and violent and yet you are still hoping and rooting and for rooting him. for him which i think is an amazing feat and the meg tilly part she apparently did not enjoy the experience i read yeah but she's really good as this, and mm-hmm. then when you find out about her, and you find out other things, I don't want to get too specific. Yeah, you feel like oh, I you feel betrayed by her, and then true, you feel like oh, there's a genuine. You're right. There's this connection that gets built between her and Norman, and you think it's really genuine for. And there's a lot of peeping through holes, and you never know exactly who is actually looking. I was the... actually going to say too. I felt more. Creeped out, I should say, as opposed to scared, because there were those times where we were getting the shot through the peephole. Yeah. 
which is a callback to the original film. But you don't know who's on the other end of yeah, it. Yeah, like there's like sometimes you think it's Norman looking through, and then you realize, wait a minute, that's Norman in the people. Yeah, though. but that can't be Norman because he's downstairs. And then there's that whole scene where where they're making where he, he's making um, breakfast. Yeah. Or no, he's making a dinner or a sandwich, and like she takes out the the knife. Uh-huh. And there's the knife that you know that he used, and it's a movie that is at the same time totally beholden to its predecessor and playing upon the iconography and moments of of what came before, and yet functions entirely okay on its own. And for a two-hour movie, it still moves pretty well. Yeah, and it's, I thought, an incredibly good and incredibly underrated movie on its own terms, Psycho yeah. 2. And then Psycho 3, we'll have to watch. Not as good, but that, I said to you, is like the grindhouse. It, it just Well, that one also has the reputation, too, of being the one that Anthony Edwards, not Anthony Edwards, Anthony Perkins directed. Yeah, it's the only one he ever directed. And it's the only one that uses a Popeye cartoon. <laughs> uh, oh, and of course, who else is in uh, Di- uh well, in Die Hard 2, but also in Psycho 2. Dennis Franz. Who plays the kind of uh, sleazy... Um, he's uh, he, he's the, he's running the motel while Norman is institutionalized. Right, and he's, you know, using it for, you know, gross... Exactly what roadside motels are normally right. used course, for. Norman is outraged. But, Megan, I would definitely recommend you check out... And get over yourself. Watch yeah. Psycho. Watch Young Frankenstein. Yeah. I'll watch Young Frankenstein. Can you watch, okay, can you watch Return of the Jedi? I don't want to watch it. Why not? Wait, 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 wait. You don't want to watch it, yet you've seen the three that preceded it. Why What? Why don't you want to see Return of the Jedi? I want to, I probably don't, I just don't have the patience. What do you mean the patience? What? What are you saying? In the time it took you to fly from here to Florida, you could have watched it and the first 10 minutes of Force Awakens. You've seen Force Awakens, have you? She's seen the last three. Actually, she's seen all of the the ones post-2015. What was the what was it that you told me where you and Megan, Megan said, like, Nick, do you want to watch something, uh, some TV show? Oh, we What did you think of that, Megan? I enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. So she'll go out of her way to watch Reno 911, but she won't go out of her way to watch like some of the greatest movies of all time. Man, will you watch The Magnificent Ambersons? What? The Magnificent Ambersons, which is one of the great films from uh, Orson Welles. I don't know. I don't How about know what The that Other is. Side of the Wind? No. Have you I don't seen Citizen Kane? No. Have you seen Casablanca? Yes. Okay, well. And you know why she's seen Casablanca? Because she was on the ride at Disney World. No, I actually did watch Casablanca on DVD. All right. I watched it with our parents. Well, I've had enough. Megan, we've reached the end of the episode. We've reached the end of most of season one. Now we're going to be coming well, back. Well, we did finish season one. Well, excuse one. me. I'm in the wrong. I, yet again, I cannot do numbers. We've reached the end of season two, where we've covered a lot of sequels. We're going to be back in um the fall the fall to do the beginning of our holiday, holiday trilogy. trilogy man are you excited for that i am liar i'm not a liar pants are on fire megan what was your favorite episode this season i don't have a favorite this one because she was in it oh right no <laughs> my favorite is the heavyweights episode megan, that was, that last, was season. last season megan whatever Meg, go ahead and, and, and you know you've been holding in that yawn 
I know we've bored you so. That was a terrible ending. Thanks for the dead air, Megan. Obscure Obsessions 2 is directed and produced by Taylor and Nick Sicario and is a co-production with Tan Productions. Special thanks to Anchor for podcast distribution and to Twin Musicom and Walpurnia Music for providing the score. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for episode details, previews, and more. And check out our blog at obscureobsessionsblog.blogspot.com for movie recommendations, lists, reviews, and articles. We thank you for your continued support.